0: We are live on this Cinco de Mayo Thursday, May the 5th, episode number 33 of the Sideline Sports Show. Ben and Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week, my friend?
1: I'm doing all right, Ben. You know, again, always at this time, it's like Friday Eve, you know, just a couple hours away. Literally, for me, I literally work into the beginning hours of Friday, so when Friday hits, it's almost work time for me, like as soon as it gets here, so yeah. Is what it
0: is, though. No, you got like, what, four hours uh, of downtime before your uh, Friday begins? Yeah, uh, yeah I got right. 4
1: a 4 a.m. wake-up call. You know, I'm busy man, man. I got things
0: to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, I feel that. So, man, so there's a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's start with the NFL draft, Tim, and let, let's go ahead and talk about uh, your wins of the NFL draft and your loses of the NFL draft on our draft grade uh, analysis, Tim. Uh, I would say – um, stock up Tim to our New York Jets uh, because yeah. I think they have had the best draft this year hands down they got a really great corner in Sauce Gardner they added a really great running back in Brees uh, Hall and then they got Jermaine Johnson at the 26 pick which no one thought was going to be able to happen so I would say that's probably the number one team to win the draft Tim
1: yeah, I think that's a lot of people's consensus, number one pick, to, that that did a great job. I mean, they got the number one running back in the draft. They got the hands-down best corner in the draft. So like you said, they also yeah. got Jermaine Johnson. I mean, I mean, they're building a lot of things around him. I mean, they're going to have a two-headed monster. I mean, Michael Carter had himself a really good rookie season for them. Now he's going to have Brees Hall to kind of be that guy. He's basically he's going to be that change of pace running back to begin things. Um, he could also be a home run hitter as well. So I, I and then Michael Carter as well, who, who rushed a hundred yards of uh, multiple times before he got hurt in last year, came back strong, but he, he, he got hurt toward like weeks, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range. So it, it definitely gives you a backup option. And now it kind of shows, all right, Zach Wilson, we're, we're putting the pieces in front of you. The defense is still improving; it's getting better and better. We're giving you some offensive pieces. We gave you another running back, the best running back in this draft class. It's, it's. Now it's like, okay, we got the pieces, we got the coach, we got everything we need. It's time to find out if you're for real or not. So, I, I like you said, I love the draft that they did. They're giving Zach Wilson all the pieces that he needs, and he doesn't really have any more excuses really going forward. So, um, and another surprise, I. I I saw I finally have my Carolina Panthers actually having a decent draft. We got oh. the best offensive lineman um in the draft. Iki I think uh, yep, that's correct. his name. I, I think um I love the Matt Corral pick. I um I think based off of what you can get, I think Matt Corral was definitely the most um you got him where you should have gotten him, and most years he would probably be a third or fourth round pick. And, and, and you know, and it's the same thing with Kenny Pickett, who went 20th overall to Steelers. Most drafts, like last year, Kenny Pickett would have been you we're talking about this year's Kenny Pickett – would have been probably third or fourth rounder, if we're being honest with with, with ourselves here. Yeah. And the draft class a year ago, just because that draft class was low with QBs. This one, not quite as much. Malik Willis kind of fell a long way, which I like that for the Titans. I think that was a great pickup at 84. I think he could be a very good replacement for, say, if Ryan Tannehill just no longer can get it done. Because, I mean, your days are numbered with Derrick Henry because while the guy is gigantic, he kind of ran into some injury problems. When we see that, running backs get injured, that usually means they're not ever going to be as productive as they once were. That's right. I, um, it's going to fall more on the quarterback, and we're just going to be time to find out. Hey, Tannehill, it's it's you know, your time may be up there in Tennessee, and and it doesn't help them in either that they traded that they got rid of Julio Jones, and also they trade away his best target, um, AJ Brown to the Eagles on draft night. So uh, they probably be my losers of the draft just because of like they got rid of the um the, the, their top target uh, and. I don't know, I just I, I, I think that that was a good pickup for them with Malik Willis down there, 84, but I just overall, I think that they, they'd probably be one of the losers. I, I don't know what it, when to put them, because this team, I'm talking about the New England Patriots, Ben.
0: Yeah, that was my next point I wanted to get to. I
1: mean, I, I, you don't... First-round
0: pick, talk about the first-round pick first.
1: Yeah. What, for, what was your thoughts on pick, that? The, a lot of people, in, like the, the Rams, who just won a Super Bowl, they came out and said... Yeah, we had that guy. If you, you may be able to help me with the guy's name. I know it was an offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But it was like a D2 or D3 school, I think. I, I don't even yeah. think it was D1.
1: Yeah, that or FCS or something like that. And it was just like, okay, who's this guy? Apparently, but the, it's also Bill Belichick. He has a knack for getting low-end guys at, at certain times. was like, who is that? Why did he grab him? And they turn out to be actually excellent players or they, whether they help on sp- special teams to be, or turn out to be a really good player. Obviously, this, this guy's not going to be a special teams player, but still, um, he's definitely a guy that's going to offer protection for, for Matt Jones. Uh, you know, First-round pick, you expect him to start right away. So, be interesting to see how that goes. But um, maybe Bill Belichick knows something we don't. And then the rest of the draft was kind of like, OK, I guess, you know, it was like, all right, it is what it is. But my, my best value pick that I believe, I definitely got to go um, with, I, I think, Matt Corral overall was the best pick where you got him for. And then I think Mal- Malik Willis kind of right behind him. Two quarterbacks in a draft that really he weren't too focused on, on, on QBs. But it was definitely a surprise to see uh, Malik Willis fall as far as he did. Some people were projecting him uh, in the first round or late first round. And he goes all the way in the '80s, and you're like, I feel, and I kind of feel bad for him. So, like, dude, that might have cost that guy like 20 million dollars just, yeah. just to slip I mean, that far.
0: Yeah, and and that that was an interesting point. Uh, but my my two uh, Tim, I, I was first off one, I was sure my uh, 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 I can't even speak. I was shocked that Jermaine Johnson went 26th. Yeah. I, I was, uh, and you heard me last week. I had him projected in my top 10. So for yeah. me to have him fall that far i was like wow that's shocking and then i thought nicobe dean from georgia falling all the way to the third round was very shocking to me as well and those were the two uh, i thought jermaine johnson easily like i mentioned could have been a top 10 i knew in my brain that nicobe dean was going to be at least a first round pick but actually fell all the way back to the third round because of a shoulder injury tim is what they're saying, and he doesn't want to go get surgery, or doesn't want to get it fixed, or rehab on it. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's so far down the draft. And one of the per- uh, one person that I'm shocked that didn't even get drafted at all, but did get signed as an undrafted free agent, Sam, is your guy out of Clemson, Justin Ross. I yeah. know this dude had a lot of injuries in college that affected his last couple of years. But yeah. if you the go back to the shoe in the back. yeah, but one. if you go back to his first year at Clemson and you just watch that tape you're like, there's no way we can't draft this dude. I think he was actually projected to be a first-round pick, I think, after his freshman year um, mm-hmm. in about the next two years that he was el- eligible to be in the draft. But I was very, very shocked that he didn't even get drafted at all, not even a look, really. Uh, it took him about a day or two before he even got signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. So those were my kind of under-the-radar kind of guys. But it's like you mentioned, I think the the worst team that probably drafted was probably the Patriots. Um, and uh, they got some good guys out of it, but I mean, your first round pick going with a guy that—I mean, this—it's like you said, Bill Belichick goes for these guys. I mean, all the time. So like, he goes for those uh, diamonds in the rough kind of people. And you know, uh, I mean, cool by him, but I, I don't think it was worth a first round pick. You probably could have got him in like the sixth, seventh round, maybe. Uh, based off of his numbers that he provided on his pro day. So Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, there wasn't a lot that the Patriots showed me that they were really impressed by. I will say for the Atlanta Falcons, though, I am very, very impressed that they went out and got Drake London, who will help offensively. I don't think that should have been the first-round pick. I think there was a lot more needs before a wide receiver first. But I like that pick, but I really like Desmond Ritter going to the Atlanta Falcons as well. I think mm-hmm. he's built to be an NFL quarterback. He's got that style of play as an NFL quarterback. Doesn't have very many starts in college, but he looks to prove himself. And he did say this to him, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say nothing yet. But he said he will not leave the Atlanta Falcons until he gets them a Super Bowl. He may be there a long time, Tim.
1: <laughs> I mean, does he realize what he's doing? I mean, look, we. we I know get these guys are happy and excited that. They get drafted and all, but that can lead to sometimes saying, you guys, I'm never going to let you down. You know, we're going to win a Super Bowl. And it's like, dude, r- relax.
0: Now, hold on. Hold on. Hold, on hold, horses. To you.
1: <laughs> hold your horses. It's okay. Like, I mean. Like, Man. I mean, the, I mean, and you're talking on. about a franchise
0: <laughs> who has not won a single Super Bowl in history. So. I'm, I'm just saying. So. Exactly. So, uh, but if you're watching live, tell us who was your best draft uh, team, What, who had the best draft grade out of that, or who had the worst. Or if you're listening on the podcast, just make sure to tweet us and tag us at Sideline SP Show. Uh, let us know your thoughts and suggestions. I think that would be really interesting. And then one last thing in the NFL, Tim. Uh, and you mentioned a great quarterback that went to the Tennessee Titans, Malik Willis. But, uh, you know, when a young quarterback comes in, you think that the older guy is going to uh, mentor them and lead them <laughs> to the promised land. That way not they can always. be a great that way they can be a great quarterback within the NFL. And uh, Ryan Tannehill was not having it. Uh, he wants nothing to do with mentoring uh, Malik Willis as he actually said that word for word in a press conference. Uh, with the Tennessee Titans uh, media day, I guess, uh, for one of their early practices. And, uh, Tim, I- I've seen some mixed reviews on this. Uh, which side are you leaning towards? Is it not Ryan Tannehill's job to mentor, or is it his job to mentor Malik Willis?
1: It is absolutely not his job to mentor Malik Willis. It is Malik Willis's job to come in. He needs to absorb the playbook. He needs to be ready. I mean, as Tom Brady says, um, you know, if You get on that field, get your take advantage of your chance because you may not get it again. And it, and if it, Malik Willis gets his chance, I mean, you better be ready for that first impression because that first impression is going to carry a lot of weight. Just ask uh, Mason Rudolph, who's the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He kind of got his first impression when all of a sudden Big Ben goes out, basically has to have a reconstruct his elbow. He's out for the year. He gets his opportunity, and that they just—they aren't the same. They don't perform anywhere near to their capability that they were under Big Ben this quarter. So you got to be ready to take your chance, and that's not Brian Tannehill's job. I mean, if if Malik Willis is ready and if he mentors him, that means he's taking Tannehill's job. I mean, we we yeah. can't expect him to. I mean, workforce. You, if you have a job and someone tells you. That you're going to mentor this guy, that he's going to take over your job, you're like, heck with that. (laughs) Yeah. Like unless that only happens really true, unless you you are have taken a better job and you're going somewhere else, and they're bringing in your replacement for your two week stretch when you turn in your two week notice. That's the time that you really mentor somebody. Yeah. Right. When you're leaving, you don't mentor somebody when you plan to still be there. True. So I I just I don't see it, and it's definitely not Tannehill's job. I and don't read between the lines there. These guys aren't going to hate each other. I don't think yeah. they're going to be beefing with each other. I think they're go- people are like, oh, they're talking with each other. How? Well, well, like they're actually being friendly. They're actually going out together. Duh. Yeah, because they're teammates. <laughs> they're not. They're not, not beefing. Not, nothing. Tannehill said. He doesn't say he hates the guy and it's like yeah. I'm going to run him out of town. Like uh, I'm like Tom Brady did the Jimmy G when Pretty he was much. The Patriots. Now I mean most of the time guys get along. And if, if whoever is the best for the starting position gets the job, you know. And, and these guys don't usually hate one another for it. It's just it's just not their job to mentor. I mean, Brett Favre, it was not his job to, to mentor Aaron Rodgers when he, in Green Bay. So when they finally moved on from him, Aaron Rodgers better be ready to go. And sure enough, of course, fortunately for him and Green Bay fans, he was. And he took over and won him a Super Bowl. And he's been an MVP a couple times. So it's just a matter of when you get your shot, take it. That's Tom Brady. I mean, he was he was the third string quarterback going on to that 2001 team for the Patriots, it, it, maybe even the, the fourth, but somehow it, through injuries and through chance, he got his opportunity and he made the most of it. And that's exactly what Malik Willis is going to have to do for the Titans.
0: Yeah, and I, I I definitely agree with you on multiple things. Now I I will say this, um, it's not his job to mentor, and I I totally agree with that. But I will say this: if you if Ryan Tannehill becomes injured like halfway through the season, you want your team to win. At that point, if you know you're not going to be able to play and you're injured, that's a great time to mentor the guy behind you. I mean, because you have nothing better to do. I mean, you're going to rehab, obviously, but at the same time, you want to make sure your team is best set up to win no matter what. And I think those are the times where, yeah, he'll probably step in and mentor. But it's like you said, it's not his everyday job to go out there and be like – Yeah, I'm your mentor. Now, there are a lot of mixed reviews on this. Kurt Warner uh, tweeted this out. He was like, can't believe that guys like really don't want a mentor. He's like, Malik, and he tagged Malik Willis. He's like, if you need a mentor, I'll be your mentor. Kurt Warner and Malik Willis have two different playing styles at quarterback. I mean, I'm just saying. Just a little bit. Yeah, just just a little bit. But my thing is, is, I totally agree with you. It's not his everyday job to go in there. But eventually down the road, Somebody's going to have to mentor because I bet you somebody mentored Ryan Tannehill. I bet you somebody mentored Tom Brady. I bet you somebody mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, mentored Dan Marino and all these other great, and if uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, somebody mentored them along their way. So, uh, and I bet you somebody's already mentored into Malik Willis and he's going to continue to seek that mentorship, but it's not Ryan Tannehill's job at the end of the day. So it will be really interesting to see if the media is like, oh, Oh, there's there's beef between Malik Willis and Ryan Tannehill. I don't think that will happen. Uh, no. I, I'm just kidding. It pro- the media will probably put it out there, and the media will happen, but there will probably what? not be. Are beef you accusing between.
1: us media of of jacking up <laughs> stories for headlines and clickbait stuff? What?
0: Uh, what?
1: Media would never do that. You're uh, here, no. here in America. We have class. No.
0: You- that, yeah, that's right. Uh, we we tell the <laughs> truth, Tim. In media, oh we God. tell the yeah. truth.
1: Oh. I just feel like our noses are growing bigger and
0: bigger and bigger. Man, I'm telling you, my nose is going to hit this camera here in a second. (laughs) All right. Well, when we're going to take a break, when we come back, we're going to actually uh, talk a little bit about the MLB and why the umpires are really just god-awful this year. Robo-umps. Robo-umps. Yeah, yeah, and we're cheering for robo-umps at this point. So uh, we'll talk all about that more right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back in to the Sideline Sports Show. Ben and Tim here with you. Tim, I had a, uh, had a little camera
1: bump function. I, I know. I, was, I, I didn't realize it was that low. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: have yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the MLB, um, Tim, uh, first, uh, uh this is just really interesting, Tim. I, I've never ever seen so many videos in my life of umpires missing calls as balls and strikes in a season i mean normally you see it a couple of times here and there i mean sometimes it happens you know but i don't think it's ever been as publicized as it has been this season tim uh is it really more publicized this year or is it kind of just happened over time and really just people are now starting to pick up on it
1: I think it's definitely progressed more now that broadcasts have the ability to put the kind of the uh, strike zone on the screen for, for viewers to see. So, so of course we have the view of that box, and we can see, oh, dude, that, clip, that pitch was three inches off the plate. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, with the job, I mean, there's a reason why catchers were trained so, like, in the art of framing. I mean, you can go like that and get balls caught up here when it actually was way down here, but the catcher did it so smooth. Yeah, Melina. I mean, a lot of catchers in the big leagues now do it. They kind of catch and go up with it at the same time. They perfected that art, and it makes it very difficult at times for umpires. You know, maybe it depends on what what their stance. But at the end of the day, it is their job to get the call right. So it's kind of like, where do we stand in the middle here? It's like it's like these guys in their strike zones. Let's take that maybe away from them. Maybe take that aspect of it now. But also, it's also kind of fun at the end of the day for the viewer because it's like, okay, well. It's not um, vanilla, you know. It's not exactly the same thing every time. Every umpire has his or her or version of the of the strike zone, right? So, and it, it kind of differs. And usually, you, you kind of along the way. All right, hey, this guy's giving a couple inches off the plate, but he's not giving anything in. Pitchers and hitters both kind of adjust, and pitch, pitchers try to attack that zone, and to their favor. Hitters make adjustments to where that they actually they are able to go with that pitch and either take it the other way. Lefties are able to inside out and try to go to left field or maybe even get inside the ball and pull it So it's just one of those things that it, that's part of the game But now at the same time it's like golly day Marcelo Zuna you talked about it and I know we're gonna play it later Yeah struck out on three pitches all three pitches were not in the zone they were not strikes and it called it was called strike on all of them all three of them Marcelo Zuna was like dude that's not a strike yeah, which, let, which let's is go crazier ahead. It's easier to me because it's just like, Dave the hitter knows his own that well. He, he doesn't see the box either, and he's like, nah, man, that's outside. And You look at the box like, yeah, he's exactly right. That's four inches off the plate, like just like you said it was. So that's kind of crazy to me.
0: Yeah, let's look at uh our exhibit A, Tim, is what I would like to call this, and we're gonna bring it over here. All right, so look, here's here's the first pitch. It's down low. Look at his face. Mm-hmm. He's just like, dude, really? Like, come on. And he's, you see him talking back and forth with the ump. He's just like, man, like, come on, like that was that was below mm-hmm. his knees, obviously. I mean, and look, he the pitcher kind of knows this. Next pitch, outside, called strike two, and you can see Marcelo's in his He's he's very frustrated. He's like, you got to be kidding me, like. He's like, it's way outside. You saw him say it right there. Look, and there it is. It's way outside. Mm -hmm. It's way off the plate. All right, and then then third and final pitch, it's off the plate and down low called strike three. And he's like, look, this is just ridiculous. He's like, that's way off the plate and it's down low. And the ump's just saying, hey, no, it's not. It's up and at the corner. He got Mm -hmm. you at the corner. I mean, and look, there's all three pictures of the
1: pitches. Low, outside, low, and outside. You see what I'm talking about, though, because like we have the advantage of the, of this K zone. But you look at look at that left one. Look at where the ball is in the bottom zone. Look where the, look where the catcher's glove is. Yeah. L- look the middle one. Look where the ball it, um ended up with um 94 off the plate or 96, excuse me, off the plate. Yeah. Look where the catcher's glove is. And then the last one, 87 mile hour slider. Look where the ball landed. Look where the catcher's is. The art of framing. It's the, catcher's jo- jobs to do that, and they're trained in that art of framing. So. W- I think that's definitely been a part of the game of baseball for so long and that it makes it really, really tough on sometimes on these umpires. The catcher's job is to make it look prettier than it actually was. And that's exactly what the catcher did there. So uh, it's definitely something that you can take it out of the umpires' hands at that point. Uh, again, hopefully they're able to perfect the technology that they're working on in the minors right now. But I definitely think that at some point you're, you're putting a lot on these umpires. Uh, now they, they they get paid like they should, you know. They get paid to do a job, but right now you're seeing this is really not just major baseball either. I mean, NBA the refs are really really sticklers on stuff, and they're calling um, ejecting guys. I mean, they ejected Draymond Green the other night for something yeah. that was just like I don't think he was worth that. I know his reputation is what it is, but I don't think that warning, a, that a, wasn't ejection. worth
0: an ejection. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's, it's just like in officiating in the NFL, sometimes you're like. Okay, that was, does that not blatant pass interference? Like, what are we doing here? And, you know, it's just like a lot of questionable calls all the time. And it's just, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of there's cameras everywhere. There's, there's a technology like we've never had in any sports before that a lot of um, bench points, officials are getting called out now. They, they, they're not just saying, no, that's a strike and you, you live with it. No, it's like, no, we can see on the camera uh, the rules of the strike zone. As they're written, we have it on there. We can see that is is like off the plate. None none of that is touching, and so that is not a strike. And so I think that's something that you could possibly take away from the umpires and put it out of take it out of their hands. But again, it's almost like you're almost making the game too perfect at that point. You're not going to see anybody getting ejected, and that's one part that that a lot of people are kind of like, you know, we kind of miss that. Like you miss. I mean, I don't know what Bobby Cox would have done nowadays. You
0: know? Oh man.
1: I don't know what Aww. he would be doing today. I mean, like, he, he would not – I mean, I'm sure he – There's a well, there's a Bobby. There's a way. But I mean, he all-time leader in ejections. Now, now with replay, I think that's oh, going to stand the test of time. So, but, yeah, I, I, overall, man, I think it's good for the sport that these Robo-Ums ro- ro- behind the play come. I just think we do need to be careful about them because it could take part of the game that you're like, okay, this just doesn't quite feel the same. Yeah.
0: And now, uh, Tim, we get to show you, uh, another exhibit and we call this exhibit B, uh, for a mad bum. Uh, all right. And this, this is the thing. And if you've known uh, recently, the sticky stuff has not been allowed in the MLB for probably about a year and a half now. Um, we're getting to that two year mark and, um, you know, the ump has to go and check, uh, your hand, your pitching hand, uh, after you get done with the inning, it's just a normal rule in baseball now. But this is, this is a little ex- excessive, Tim. I, I, I don't know about you, but l- let's go ahead and throw this over here. But look at the umpire. He's not even looking down at the hand.
1: Yeah. I I've like, saw this on Twitter, and I was like, I mean, even Diamondback's Twitter was like, yeah, this is just straight up uncomfortable. I mean, and then, he's, <laughs> he's like peering into the eyes and the soul of Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> And I'm a, a guy that's nicknamed Mad Bum. I don't know if I want to be looking into that guy's soul. I no, I don't either. How like that? I mean, goodness gracious.
0: I mean, and and the thing is, is that like after all this is said and done, he's ejected, uh, and it won't show for what? it uh,
1: for what? That's what I want to know.
0: I I I don't know. I mean, I I've yet to find a reasoning, Tim. I've yet to find. A, re- a true reason why Mad Bum was ejected uh, from this game. Like, it, it, like, and you can say, oh, it was the sticky stuff or whatever. You, it, it, there was none, obviously. You can't even tell because he didn't even look down. Um, and it may have been just something he said that set the umpire off. Supposedly, they were kind of chirping back and forth during the pitches yeah. and something like that. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, you're talking about Madison Bumgarner, who obviously is one of those guys to talk back. He does not give a crap. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, this is not worth an ejection to me. It's not.
1: Can I tell you can, – can, can you show that video again? And I have yeah. yeah, yeah, an yeah. idea of what you. Bumgarner's thinking.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: Bumgarner, you know, he probably said ejection. Oh, yeah. 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 You like doing that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, I feel in those tight muscles in the hand. Yeah. You're getting real deep in there, aren't you? I'm sure I am thinking that's what I'm thinking. He probably said, and the umpires probably look at him like, come on, dude. Uh, uh, your reputation. He was uh,
0: already looking at him though, too.
1: Yeah they're look, looking at him, he's probably like, yeah, yeah, you get, give me that deep tissue massage in my hands, you know? Look, like, I want you to look he's at getting the- real, real dirty with it at this point, you know? And I'm thinking the umpire's like, nah, I'm not taking this.
0: Look, I want you to look at, I paused it because I just realized <laughs> something, okay? For the first time watching this, look at yeah. the catcher over here to the right. Okay, he's like, what the world is this dude doing? Then you look at the photographer behind Madison Bumgarner. He's like, this is awkward. And then this lady over here to the left is like, what is going on? She's like, I didn't
1: even do that with my man. What the
0: heck? Hey, he's got a fetish. He's got a fetish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
0: we're getting off the rails here, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting off the rails, yeah. All right. Oh, man. I'm just saying – Th- that yeah, was probably the one of the most uncomfortable moments I think of the season,
1: and <laughs> like like, like Corella Deville like stroking one of like like a dog hairs and dog on the side. It's just like this is just weird,
0: man. I know, like it's it's something I don't even know. It's not even something that normal people would even think about doing. And it's just like here we are, just rubbing somebody's hand. It's like. Is this massage good enough for you? Is this good enough? (laughs) Is it
1: like? (laughs) But someone looking at me like that, man. I don't know. Like, like, like into my soul. Like, like, I hate you. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I I, a little sweat. I think that sunscreen. You're gone. You know, like.
0: God, what if that was like a if Madison Bumgarner? And and this, this is uh, we're gonna have to bring this umpire on because now I'm just curious. There's a lot of uh, theories I got now. Yeah, but. One of the theories could be, Madison Bumgarner probably played this ump in like little league, and he's and he struck him out, and he went home and cried and just uh, he had like an 0 for 4 night, and Madison Bumgarner was like this top prospect, oh, and man. next thing you know, this little kid, uh, what does he have to do for the rest of his life? Be an umpire in MLB baseball games. So he's like, I finally worked my way up to this moment, and he's just staring oh, into his man. soul.
1: I'm, it, it, you saying that reminds me. You remember from from <laughs> Avengers Endgame where the, where the Scarlet Witch is looking at Thanos and going, "You took everything from me," and and Thanos is Bingo. like, "I don't even know who you are." This <laughs> is what that would like, like that, that guy Bingo. like you took everything from me. Madison Bumgarner and Bumgarner's like, "I don't even know who you are, dude."
0: That's fantastic. That is that's, fantastic. That, that, you saying it, that
1: that kind of what that reminded me of. So,
0: now, we're going to clip that and we're going to post it on on social media. That that's probably the best idea. That's probably exactly what happened. Let's be realistic. I mean, clip it and ship it, boys, and they go. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be breaking down the NIL because why it is basically taking over college football and uh some boosters are um, shooting out some numbers to athletes on active rosters and you're like what in the world that doesn't make sense we'll talk about all that more when we come back don't go anywhere Welcome back in, Sideline Sports Show. Final segment of episode number 33 here on the Sideline Sports Show. And it is brought to you by our great friends at section 103. Third segment, uh, sir- oh, excuse me, I can't talk today. Third segment <clears throat> brought to you by our uh, friends at section 103. And that's why I did it. Uh, you can use 10% off your first order using code Sideline at checkouts. So go check them out. Section 103.com. All right, Tim, uh, and speaking of uh, people who support college athletics, um, let's talk about the NIL, Tim, uh, Mm -hmm. because I I think this has gone uh, a little bit uh, further than a lot of people expected, Tim. Um, A A little nutty. Yeah, and it starts with Xavier Worthy, who is a wide receiver on the Texas Longhorns roster. And by the way, like I said, he's on the Texas Longhorns roster. He's not in the transfer portal and was offered a – get this to him – a seven-figure NIL deal from another school, and he decided to stay at Texas and not enter the transfer portal. Um, And then you see Jordan Addison, who is a wide receiver at Pitt. Same thing. He gets offered a six-to-seven-figure NIL deal uh with another school and he's entered the transfer portal so tim uh nil's getting a little out of hand uh with seven figure deals yeah. and i i think i can name uh the guy and the school um i don't know about you but i i think i i, I think it's pretty clear who it is tim
1: for which one like like, like, don't, like for what school
0: just in general that can offer uh, seven figure deals
1: yeah, that's that's yeah. Th- there's not many schools that can do that or willing to do that, for that matter. I mean, look, I understand, and, and I was always for NIL. I always think athletes should be able to make money off, off their name, image, and likeness. This this almost has like a free agency feel to it, and and I'm kind of torn because it's just like, dang, I want these players to go get the money and stuff, you know. And it may add to the college game because these kids may, well, I could go to the NFL or I can still make money. And playing in a sport in which that I'm shining and I, I, I'm productive and I'm playing well and and I don't have to go to the NFL until I feel like I'm ready and or have to. So, but at the same time, it's just like I don't know. Dude, this just ain't it, man. And, and you know, Devil Sweeney kind of called it too. He he. People gave him a lot of crap for everything that he said, but he's kind of like he. You know, he kind of just said this is going to get out of hand. This is something that you don't even regulate this whatsoever. This is going to get crazy. This is going to get out of hand. So, and of course, he's right. It's gotten yeah. a little out of hand. It's gotten a little crazy. So definitely need, hopefully Mark Emmert, because he, he now still stepped down uh, by 2023 or sooner, someone's better than, than his job. I heard someone say, I believe it was Jim Rome a uh, couple weeks ago, talking about how uh, yeah, so we need someone better. I mean, I think someone like a janitor and a like just a random janitor you pull from like from, from anywhere could do a better job than what he's yeah. done. Yeah. I mean, Mark Emery, he's just kind of throwing things out to the wolves and nothing. Just said, all right, we don't want to deal with it. We're gonna let y'all just go go ahead and go hog wild. Pretty much. And these yeah. schools, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be able to benefit from it, you know. And like Texas, USC, I mean, it, it, your Alabama, which I don't, I don't. They kind of built themselves to that program where they they're able to offer these guys. I mean, shoot, uh, Bryce Young. We, it was, I mean, he made a million dollars before he even took a snap last year for Alabama. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy, but it's the world we live in right now. You know, players should be able to benefit off their image, image and likeness because we are in a we are a capitalistic or capitalism society. You know, that that's how we function, and deny that right to to a kid to go make money off Bojangles commercials, whether it's uh, any type of like, um, advertising. I think it's wrong, and it shouldn't should be. should be. I think it should be allowed for them to do that. But the problem is, you flat out offering them an NIL deal that's worth seven figures, man. Ooh, I, I, I don't know. To entice them to come he, to there just because of that, even though like education, they may not be have their major, they might not have anything. No one really cares about that at this point. No yeah. No one really is going there for their education, which. It's becoming less and less valuable anyway. So, I don't. It, it's it's a tricky world we're living in. It's just it's just one of those things where there's got to be a better answer than what we have. But I'm not quite sure what it is.
0: Yeah, and uh, my my thing was is I saw this crazy statistic, Tim, is that if Xavier Worthy would have accepted the seven figure deal, um, and let's just be real, I think the school, and I can't confirm this. I'm no like, but. I have no source, but my my mind says it was USC and Lincoln-Riley because those school boosters had the money to go out and do something like that. They just do. USC is a historic program. They're able to go, and, but, and it was the school boosters that were willing to pay the seven-figure deal for the st- student-athlete to come on campus and play football. It wasn't even an NIL deal, really. So what are you really calling that? Like, It can't be yeah. an NIL deal. So, I I don't know how that all works, but if he would have accepted the deal, Tim, he would have been paid more than a rookie wide receiver that just went and got drafted in the NFL draft. That's insane. I mean, at this point, you're basically playing like uh, it's like the difference between JV and varsity football. Like, now uh, you're on the JV roster right now, but you're getting paid at a varsity level. Like, uh, it's. Yeah, and I know like high school athletes don't get paid, and and that's probably the next debate that's willing to be debated. But I mean, at the end of the day, I I just—it's insane of how this has all come about and how it's all kind of going, and the road that it's taking and the trajectory that it's taking. And it's not going in the right direction for college athletics. And hopefully, and, and like you said, I, I do believe that they should make money off their name, image, and likeness. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're taking it to a whole nother level. And right now, it's like what you said with Dabo. If there's no rules and regulations, I mean, all these other schools are going to be like, hey, I don't care if you're on an active roster or not. Uh, or if they, and I, I wonder who messaged these guys. Was it like a former coach? Mm-hmm. That was at their program before that's now at a new program. Is it a guy they went and played high school ball with? Is it a booster? Somebody from the booster? Like, how see, is this all working? So,
1: it, yeah, it's... Yeah, go ahead. You, yeah, USC, like you mentioned, like, I mean, they could bring on Snoop Dogg. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's like, yo, yo, like, what's up? Exactly, <laughs> so, you know?
1: Immediately, yeah.
0: all right, all right, I'll go there, yeah. And... and our great friend Cody has a uh, messaged in for the first time today and it's actually not good. roll time. It's ain't going well for Clemson and Georgia tech. Alabama is just doing just fine. And I'm, I'm thinking he's talking about NIL. So, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's true though, because I mean, even though Georgia tech is in down Atlanta and they have a bunch of businesses that are ha- like stationed in downtown Atlanta, like waffle house, uh, like the varsity, uh big businesses like Truist is now moving to atlanta you know a bunch of these big businesses even though they're based out of atlanta a lot of them like i i know waffle house I hadn't even got into the nil stuff they don't want to they they want nothing to do with it so there's some company coca-cola they, they don't want nothing to do with nil right now because they see that there's no rules there's no regulations and eventually, they they may have to pay an athlete like seven figures just to be on a, a commercial that lasts maybe a couple months during college football season. So I, I don't know. It's just not the risk worth taking for some of these businesses. And so that's why you don't see Georgia Tech going out and signing these huge deals with big businesses or these athletes from Georgia Tech signing these big with these big businesses. I think the biggest NIL deal I think I saw was backup quarterback last year, Jordan Yates, signing one with the Atlanta Braves. To be kind of like a, um, what is it called? Uh, just kind of like somebody who goes out and like promotes the Atlanta Braves and their merchandise and stuff like that. Basically, like a sales social rep. media influence. Yeah, a, a social media influencer for the Atlanta Braves or a sales rep for the Atlanta Braves. So that's what he does, and he gets free tickets in, in advance uh, or in that cause. So, uh, but he's not at Georgia Tech anymore, so I don't know if that deal will still last. So, um. It's just interesting, Tim. And then Clemson, there's not a lot in Clemson that a guy can go, oh, I can go with this company over here. Like, you know, they're based right here in Clemson, South Carolina. I mean, the Tiger Sock Shop, maybe, but I mean, there ain't like nothing really. <laughs> else is yeah. over
1: there <laughs> so yeah in terms of big money i know they launched the nil program re- uh, yes. about a month and a half ago i don't really know the full details and i just know that that they came up with an nil program on the, their own so there's always that uh, but yeah you said there's no way they're gonna be able to keep up with it like like a market like socal you know there's just there's just no way they're not gonna be able to keep up with those high market teams those teams that are b- b- able to pay guys seven figures you know like texas I, I don't think with Brent Venables there, they'll do it. But so, like I said, Southern Cal, uh, Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Um, but there are some programs that are going to be able to do, it, especially with Texas and company going into the SEC. I mean, there's going to be a lot of money to be had there. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how some of these smaller schools are able to keep up. Yeah. All right. And then finally,
0: Tim, before we go, I want to uh, share the craziest thing I've seen this week, Tim. Um, All right. And I want to shout out our great friend, Tim, who actually wrote this article. Bethany Fowler uh, wrote this article, Tim. Uh, so shout out to her. Um, and this was Bethany. actually released. NGU uh, was released yesterday. Uh, this is in Greer, South Carolina, Tim. Uh, so right down the road from you. So i mm-hmm. surprised you didn't see this on your way home from work the other day. All right. Hmm. The uh, – Article says stolen. Uh, the article t- the title for this is "Stolen Ambulance Crashes in Greenville County."
1: I heard okay? about this. Yes,
0: this is a uh, a little interesting, Tim. And uh, I'm just gonna read just a little bit into it. I, I don't think I need to read the full article. Uh, in Greer, South Carolina, a naked man, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, is accused My of man. stealing a. <laughs> Oh, so you know him. Okay, okay.
1: I don't know, probably.
0: <laughs> oh, It was probably Cody. Uh, anyway.
1: They just Who left knows? an image in my head.
0: Oh, my oh man. Anyways, um, a naked man is accused of stealing an ambulance on Wednesday and crashing into a pole in Greer. And then uh, the officers were called to the report of a s- suspicious man banging on the front door of a home. Um, Shortly before 11.30 a.m., arriving, officers found the naked man under the home. Not in the home, under the home, after he knocked on the door. um, And said that he... And this is probably obvious. um, uh, They said that he appeared to be under the influence of drugs. Nod <laughs> dick! And the EMS took him away <laughs> and provided medical care for the man before he was yet arrested by the Greer police.
1: So... <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, I but, mean but come before, on, guys. This would have been a perfect thing before it got shut down. When oh, live no. TV was here. You remember that? Yes. What is it? They were yes. Incredible. Can you imagine that it happened while on live TV?
0: Yes, that would have been fantastic. I mean,
1: goodness gracious! Oh, oh
0: be- man, I'm I'm just telling you. I, the more we see this, and uh, the craziest, uh, the, crazy, uh, uh, the craziest thing we've seen this week. The crazier it gets, I'm telling you. I mean, we started off with, like, uh, some animal or something. I, I forgot. i have to go back and look. And now we're at <laughs> naked people stealing ambulances. And
1: hey, I'm surprised that, <laughs> hiding that under houses. wasn't f- f- from the uh, Travel's Rest Area, that TR area, you know, like around the North Greenblades. Yeah. I mean, y- y- you lived there for a little while I did went back home. I mean, I'm... My dad graduated from there in the '80s, so I, I, I know all about that area. I know, I, I but you know, I think those guys in the Blue Ridge area may be a little bit crazier. But you know, I'm I'm surprised they didn't kind of come from that area. Not
0: yeah, gonna lie. but but I'm I'm telling you, you pretty I, crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. But I mean, just uh, what in your right mind? Well, uh, then again, they were on the influence of drugs. So, ladies and gentlemen, kids, boys and girls. Don't do drugs. That shows you right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh,
1: <laughs> little PSA <laughs> for Mr. Lumber. <Lundy. laughs>
0: yes. So don't do drugs. And that, that will be uh, our craziest thing of the week. Uh, so, Tim, before we go, is there anything else you have to share? Because uh, I have one final thought, but I, I'll let you go first. Oh
1: Lord. All right. And well, yeah, uh, draft w- was fun. You know, I'm l- looking forward to – I mean, college baseball, we're getting pretty close to – conference tournaments go- going around in the next couple of weeks or so softball we're getting close to the postseason as well just excited looking forward to that um i swear if the ncaa gyps Clemson again for, for the second <laughs> straight year i mean what yeah. acc regular champions last year made to acc tournament final and didn't even get those to regional i mean and this year it seems like the records isn't quite as good and the team isn't quite as good and they're probably still going to get a uh regional birth or or, or host a regional just because of their rpi and their strength of schedule so i don't know we'll see but um i'm I'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be a fun weekend as well for baseball and softball and i think we're getting pretty close to the end you know so it's that's when baseball really starts to heat up and conference tournaments and and you know and hopefully clemson get there i mean goodness gracious it feels like they every time they take two steps forward they take three steps back I don't know. We hope we host Georgia Tech this weekend. So I'm yeah, that's what I was hope, about. To I'm mention. hoping we take it to the Ramblin' Rack. We seem to play better at home than we do on the road, and we're at home. So
0: well, we did just come off a serious win against number three Miami. I'm just, I'm just saying, Tim. I'm just saying. So uh, must be nice.
1: I mean, we, yeah. we lost two out of three to them. So, uh, so, uh, but then which was, which was funny because we outscored them. I think we outscored them like twenty four to fifteen or something. But we had we we scored. 20 of the runs in the final game um yeah it's, it's, it's been a weird year
0: the guy to watch out for in that game tim uh because i got parada. to watch him on friday is kevin parada that yeah. dude uh, look uh, you can see him on tv i went and watched it in person i got to actually uh sit with a really cool new friend of mine now uh shout out willie ba- uh wiley ballard Uh, voice of the Yellow Jackets baseball during uh, uh, the regular season on radio. So um, I got to go sit with him, kind of just talk about some broadcast stuff. But I'm telling you, he unloaded a bomb to center field against Miami in game one, uh, which they won 3-1, by the way. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this dude is legit. I mean, he's going to be a top 10 draft pick this year in the draft. I'm – Dude's gonna be exactly like Joey Bart coming out of Georgia Tech. Matt Weeters coming out of Georgia Tech. So, uh, a lot of great catchers coming out of Georgia Tech. So, yeah, and I'm looking forward um, to the the matchup between.
1: I'm looking forward to matchup between him and Max Wagner because Parada's 23 home runs. Max Wagner's 21. He's been red hot this entire month of April. Now, look, like he was going to continue in May, so hopefully he continues his red hot ways as well. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a fun series. And, and Parada, if the wind's not blowing out at Clemson, I mean, he could make that park look small. Because it's 310 yeah. down the line and left and 320 down the line and right and 390 to center field. So he could probably make that field look a little short if the wind's not blowing in from off of let, like Hartwell
0: out there. So, yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully Georgia Tech comes out the, with the win, but I also have a hopefully great not. friend that is a pitcher for Clemson. So, I mean, it's like a, it's, it's insane. So, we need a uh, sweet
1: bad. So, I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> like, we, we, we need three wins badly. So, yeah. I don't well, think uh, get it because we haven't swept a conference opponent all year. Yeah. Hey, who
0: knows? It's Georgia Tech. I mean, the, the thing with Georgia Tech, I think that they'll struggle with it against Clemson because they've struggled all year with it is pitching. Uh, I think it, in Georgia Tech, they average like 10 runs a game right now, which is insane. I mean, it's blows my mind. And then in game one against Miami, they only scored three runs and only four runs were score, scored in the whole game. On average in a game for Georgia Tech right now, I think the average run count for both teams, by the way, is like up in the 20s. So, like, it's insane. Uh, so, hopefully, they'll can, both teams can keep it under – uh, 20 on average in this series. It would be really good to see. And then final thing, Tim, uh, somebody walked up to me the other day, um, aka my dad, um, walked up to me and said, uh, where can we leave comments uh, for things that we want you to talk about on the show? And I said, look, just go to Twitter, just type out your tweet that says, hey, like, are you going to talk about this on the show? And I'm like, that's probably the best way to do it or just DM us or you know, leave us a message, comment, do something mm-hmm. to where we can see it, right? Well, he says, well, y'all never, ever, 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 ever have talked about NASCAR, Tim. And I was like, well, uh, I know Tim's dad was a big NASCAR person, but Tim has never been (laughs) big into NASCAR. But just for the sake of saying we talked about it, Tim, uh, Chase Elliott won this past week at Dover, and now a huge win for him. There's now nine drivers uh, in the playoffs because they have wins. With, I think, 15 races left uh, for about five or six people to still get into the playoff as they head to Darlington, South Carolina, uh, mm-hmm. as they do the throwback weekend. So, Tim, we talked about it. We got it out of the way. So, we talked about it. It's I just feel it's bad done.
1: because <laughs> racing's in my blood. And I've just, I've just. I, 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 it just it goes over my head. I didn't know Chase Elliott even won a race. I didn't know yes. they were
0: in the playoffs. No, they're not, not in no the playoffs.
1: Oh, they're
0: not? It, okay. No, so basically he won to guarantee him a spot in the playoffs. So oh, if you win a race okay. now, if you win a race now, they changed the format. I think it was about three, four years ago. If you win a race now, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. And then if you win win a stage, you get playoff points. Uh, that goes towards that. So Chase Elliott's now third in the standings uh, behind Ross Chastain. And I want to say it's William Byron because they both have two wins other than one. So,
1: I'm not going to um, lie. I have no idea who any of those people I, I feel so it's okay. bad because I'm just like, this, this is going over my head. And I'm like, I got a lot of things to watch. NASCAR just one of those things. I'm just like, I'm, I'm constantly go, 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 go. I can't sit there and watch oh, 500 no, laps. I, I'm just, you know.
0: I, I totally get it. I'm uh, and I'll be honest. I'm in it for the wrecks and the fights. That's true. it. Like that's true. A, yes. I, like I will go back and watch a replay if it says that there was a fight or a huge wreck involved. Like that's worth watching to me. But like to see like this past week at Dover, uh, they got rained out on Sunday, so I actually got to wa- watch it here at work on Monday. So it kind of made work a little bit more fun on a Monday um yep. because the Braves are on Bally and none of us have ballet Sports in here so i mean we we can't watch it so i was watching the race but on if it happened even on Sunday i wouldn't have watched it there was no big wrecks there was no fights it, like there was a confrontation at the end of the race between two drivers but it wasn't anything like getting up in their face like pointing fingers or anything like that so it the wasn't really, yeah pretty much so i mean it, but it was it was still an exciting time to see Chase Elliott win. So kudos to him on getting his first win of the year. All right, before we go, uh, make sure to go follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, Sideline Sports Show, or on Twitter at Sideline SP Show. And if you want to just leave a comment or talk about anything, um, talk about your draft grade, who's the best team that you thought draft the best or the worst team that draft the best or the worst, excuse me, Uh, Just go leave us a DM, comment, tweet, whatever. Uh, Tag the Sideline SP show or Sideline Sports show on all of our other social media platforms uh, to get us involved and see your tweet. And who knows, we'll probably just bring it up on the show at some point next week or in the near future. So um, and be on the lookout because who knows, we may start another podcast called the Sideline Sports show daily soon. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean. You just never know. You never know. Never know. So never know. Just keep an eye out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Have a great week, and we will see you guys right back here next Thursday night, 615, right here on the Sideline Sports Show. Have a great week, and we will see you guys next week.
1: Later.